You're listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. Today's short scripture reflection comes from Pastor Louis Giglio. Don't cross yourself off the list because everybody can taste resurrection power. Ananias goes, prays for Paul, Saul. It says that when he prayed, something like scales fell off of his eyes and he immediately started preaching the gospel of Jesus. These people were scared to death. They're like, it's a ploy, it's a plot, don't fall for it. He's acting like he loves Jesus, but he doesn't. He's acting like he's preaching resurrection, but he's here to kill us all. It was very tense for a moment. He eventually uh, comes under threat there, goes back to Jerusalem, and they won't have it either. They're like, no, you're not coming here, bro. (laughs) Thank you very much, Uh, Stephen. Remember that thing? It's not happening. And he had to tell the story again And Ananias had to tell the story again. People had to tell the story everywhere again. No, this is how it happened. This guy really got saved. It's legit. Don't you want some people coming into church that were like, oh, wow. And then we have to hear the story a couple times. Like, no, it's real, man. They really actually are transformed by the power of the gospel. And then you turn the page. We're just flying over Denver now. Chapter 10, you get the, uh, the stories by reading the first verse of each chapter, by the way, if you're not noticing that already. At Caesarea, so this is a town north of Jerusalem on the sea, on the Mediterranean. It's an outpost for Rome who's running this whole area of the world at this time. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. Okay, flying over, okay? So uh, we don't have time to drop down in and and have coffee at one of the local coffee shops. Cornelius is a God-fearing man. He's trying to live a godly life. He would be in a category, somebody I would say that's a really good person trying to live a really good life and doing a pretty good job of living a pretty good life. But Cornelius didn't have all the dots connected. And one day he had a vision and the vision was, uh, you need to send some people to Joppa, it's another town, and look for a guy named Simon. They also call him Peter. And that's confusing because he's staying with a guy named Simon. Um, but I'll give you the address of the house. Send two guys down there and tell Peter to come. So he says, got it, sends two people to Joppa. Peter's down in Joppa. Peter is a good Jew. And as a Jew, he knows it's not lawful to even associate with a foreigner who's a non-Jew. He gets two guys come to the door at Simon's house, the other Simon, and they're like, "Uh, Cornelius has asked for you to come to Caesarea. He's like, hmm, sounds like a Italian dude. Sounds like uh, that's not a a son of Abraham, and I don't really know how that's going to go down. But he had had a vision the night before of a sheet coming down from heaven with all these different four-footed animals and reptiles in it. And the Lord said, "Uh, have a feast on whatever you see. And he goes, no, some of these animals are unclean. You told us before in the Old Testament we can't eat some of these animals. And then God said to him, what I say is clean, you can't say is unclean. He's like, that was weird. Until the two guys showed up at the door. And then he went, hmm. The Gentiles, the foreigners, the, the people, you know, they were, they were sons of Abraham. You, you remember it, right? Father Abraham had many sons. <laughs> 
and many sons had father Abraham, and I'm one of them, and so are you, and you're not. <laughs> but he went. And when he got there, Cornelius had gathered a whole crowd. Why? Because you don't have to ask for people's attention when God is speaking to people. So when God's speaking to somebody in your neighborhood and they're like, man, I've been having these dreams or I've been having these thoughts or I've been having these weird feelings or I don't know what's going on in life, that's another softball and you just roll in and say, well, let me tell you what all that's about. That's God Almighty in heaven trying to get your attention and let me explain maybe what he's trying to say. And so Peter rolls in and eventually the people freak out because they think he's God and he's like, no, 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 I'm just like you. And then he says something interesting. He, he, he really underscores the point. And you can see this in uh, chapter 10, verse 27. Talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. And he said to them, you are all well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So that when he was sent for, when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection, may I ask why you sent for me? And Cornelius says, I had a vision that I was supposed to send for you and you had something to tell us. And so Peter preaches a message in the verses that follow, tells them the story of Jesus. And as he's preaching, the Holy Spirit falls on them, just exactly like what happened in Acts 2. While he's preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on this gathering at Cornelius' house, and they started speaking in other language, languages just like the, the people did in Acts chapter 2, and the Spirit fell on them. And, and Peter's mind blown. He was like, this is unbelievable. I'm preaching to Gentiles. God sent me to Gentiles. The Spirit's falling on Gentiles. And they had a revival in Cornelius' house, and the gospel had jumped over to Samaria. It was already on its way to Ethiopia, and now... All people on planet earth, every nation on earth is now in the story. This gospel story is for everybody. It's so mind-boggling that Peter has to go back to Jerusalem to the apostles and to the leaders of the church and say, you're not going to believe what happened in, in Caesarea. I know, I know, I know, but I saw it with my own eyes. And they had to make a decision. They all had a meeting and they decided, now tell us again what happened and what was the vision and, and why did you go and what happened when you got there and finally after they have this whole meeting about it it says in chapter 11 verse 18 when they heard this they had no further objections and praised God saying so then God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life check (laughs) there's a plan there's people and there's power. I just want to park it at the end of chapter 11. So look at verse 19. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. In other words, their mindset was still, God has done something amazing, but surely that's just for the Jewish people, right? We're the sons of Abraham. But they didn't know that a revival had broken out at Cornelius' house. 
They, they didn't know that God was already jumping over all the barriers and that every ethnicity and every nation, every language and every tribe was going to be invited into this grand story. But look at the next verse. It says, some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling the good news about the Lord Jesus. Now, Antioch at the time was an extraordinarily influential city. If you went now up a map above Lebanon into the very southern part of Turkey, you would, you would have the city where Antioch was. But at the time, it was an epicenter of Greek culture and an epicenter crossroad, really, for the known world. And here these, these brothers go, and they're like, we're not just looking to tell this story to Jews. We're looking to tell this story to anybody. Greeks, great. Do you know Jesus as Lord? Do you know the story of the gospel? And all these Greeks started putting their faith in Jesus and a church was born in Antioch so strong that Jerusalem ultimately sent Barnabas, one of their best, to lead it. Barnabas went and got Saul of Tarsus to come and the two of them stayed a year building this church and this church became such a force, it became the sending church for the missionary journeys that we're going to read about in the book of Acts. And then it says something amazing about you in this story. Look at it down. Uh, at the end in verse 23. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. And then down in verse 26. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Before this, they were called people of the way. And for the very first time now, this church has got so much momentum. And people have said about these resurrection people, they're Christians. So anybody in this room who considers yourself a Christian, your DNA goes all the way back to Antioch. The very first time someone looked at any follower of Jesus and said, Man, you're a Christ one. Thanks again for listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. And don't forget to go and subscribe to the Passion City Church and Passion City Church DC podcasts for our full messages every week.